The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week here at the Crude Life Week in Review. We've got a fantastic program, and I want to get right into it as soon as possible. So I'm going to set the table quickly here. It's kind of a fast food seat yourself. Bring your own topic today here at the Crude Life. No, I'm just kidding. What we're doing today is we're going to bring to you some of our live recording sessions. One we did recently down in Greeley, Colorado, called regulations gone wild or the new normal and what we talked about was some of the regulations that are going on in oil and gas whether it be in the Bakken whether it be in Greeley Colorado Weld County whether it be down in the Permian where the Railroad Commission is talking about new regulations almost every other week there's a lot happening in the world of oil and gas when we're talking about regulations so our topic in Greeley Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply, thank you very much for being a gracious host. Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado in Weld County, the number one oil and gas producing county in the state of Colorado, oftentimes competing for the top in the country too, mind you. This week, Bill Jerky, Executive Director of Fuel, that is a non-profit fuel. Also, he was a former state legislator for 20 plus years. His name is Bill Jerky. He joins the Live in the Crude Life live recording session. Also, Dennis Pungitori with the EVP, Executive Vice President, and ready for this title, folks, Chief Revenue Officer. That's right, Chief Revenue Officer of Meridian Energy Group. And Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48, was also in the audience. And I'll tell you what, she joined us right during the Live in the Crude Life. That's one of the things about the Live in the Crude Life live recording sessions that is so unique and special. The audience members that show up engage with the program. They can either ask questions, or in some cases, we just bring them right up on stage with us if they're apparently that qualified in the moment. So it was a very organic discussion, of course. Awesome time. We will be coming to Dickinson, North Dakota on August 20th. We will be coming to Gillette, Wyoming, I want to say September 20th-ish. Somewhere along there, our, our dates are escaping me because I was not prepared to recite the dates. But look at that, some organic discussion, and all of a sudden I'm previewing. So we've got Dickinson, North Dakota. It is the day before the Bakken Barbecue. The Bakken Barbecue is August 21st, our live recording session, which is titled Oil and Gas Builds Culture and Communities. So that's what we're going to be talking about, how oil and gas is building culture and communities and we've got all kinds of special guests lined up for that and then we'll be in Gillette Wyoming as well in September and we've got uh, dates being set right now as we speak for Houston and Odessa Texas possibly Pecos and San Antonio as well so living the crude life recording sessions our live recording sessions are, are really becoming popular in communities uh, given a great opportunity for people to network 
create a new a, a new network and meet some new people and find out why people really do embrace and enjoy and and really stand behind the oil and gas industry. There's a lot of climate activism going on right now. And a lot of people are losing friends and family members because they work in the industry. Yet 96% of what we do from brushing our teeth to driving to work to watching whatever on YouTubes is oil and gas related. And as we evolve to different types of energy, it's important that people understand the oil and gas industry. It builds culture. It creates communities. It creates culture and builds communities too. I should have actually flip-flopped them to begin with, but I'm not going to edit. What I'm going to do is I am going to get right into our Living the Crude Life series because I'm taking a look at it. Let's get to it, folks. And one more time, I'm going to mention this Living the Crude Life series is from Greeley, Colorado. We just did it last week. And Bill Jerky, the executive director for Fuel, he's a former state legislator of 20-plus years Dennis Pungitori, the Executive Revenue Officer, the Chief Revenue Officer, Executive Vice President, excuse me, of Meridian Energy Group, the Davis Refinery, coming to Belfield, North Dakota, in the Bakken, and Tanya Van Bieber with the House Candidate District 40, third generation Weld County as well. So she brought a lot to the conversation. So let's get right to it, folks. This is part of our Living the Crude Life live recording sessions. Bill Jerky, what is fuel, by the way? Let's give you a quick plug for your fuel organization for coming on and being a part of this. Sure, yeah. Fuel is a a little 501c4 uh, IRS-approved entity. We started about eight, nine years ago now. I got together with our friends at uh, Noble Energy, uh, soon to be called Chevron, small company perhaps you all have heard of. And so uh, we got together with Noble, and i just come off the Weld County Commission, and uh, we discovered that we had a lot of things in common, namely that all of the natural resources got the Rodney Dangerfield treatment. We got no respect from the people, and we couldn't figure out why. Why in the world would people want to treat agriculture, water development, uh, gravel pit mining, which the other commissioners or the present commissioners couldn't attend tonight because they're on a gravel mission today. And then, of course, oil and gas. Why in the world would our building blocks of civilization be so chastised? Well, it has to do with the NIMBY process. Oh, it's good to do that over there somewhere. Just don't do it in my backyard. And what you got to discover, you figure out pretty quickly, is that you do this process because that's where the natural resource is. You can't move the river. Well, at least you can't move it very far. The gravel reserves are where they're at and so on and so forth. Agriculture only on prime lands that you can irrigate. And the oil and gas, you don't go drilling for them where there isn't any oil and gas. You have to only do that where indeed there's oil and gas reserves. So we put these four natural resource entities together and we formed FUEL. Now FUEL is kind of a silly acronym. It stands for Fostering Unity, Energizing Leadership. But in a way it's to kind of put these people together, uh, these industries together, and ask for some cohesion, some some support from each other so that when we go out and do the battles that we fight and we fight lots of different kinds of battles in different ways that hopefully we'll have a better chance of success so we've got a number of different uh, entities that are partners today in fuel uh, coming from oil and gas coming from agriculture water and indeed mining so that's kind of the background of uh, how fuel came to be i've been the executive director now these last eight years or so you mentioned the word nimby so i'm going to 
grab that and then transition over to Dennis Pungitori. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> you, you look at what we need to accomplish in the short run, and it's it's basically to to secure the permits, which we we won one battle. We're waiting for the nut, the next one to. Uh, to uh, play itself out, and we expect to, to win that also. But when you have the, the downturn, the Saudi and the Russian downturn in oil, we talked about it earlier, the negative pricing on oil. Um, we're, we're three years away from, nominally three years away from starting, being online. So that really, the, the effect it has on us is uncertainty. We're gonna take a brief pause from our live recording sessions here playback. They're actually recorded sessions that we did live in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Once again, thank you for being a gracious host, Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado. The next live recording session is coming to Dickinson, North Dakota at the West River Ice Center, August 20th. We're gonna take a brief pause and we come back, we'll continue a conversation here with our Living the Crude Life live recording session here at the Crude Life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Hey folks, this is Jason Spies with The Crude Life, inviting each and every one of you to the 8th Annual Bakken Barbecue Happening. Friday, August 21st at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. Folks, this is the event of the summer, the Bakken Barbecue Happening. August 21st, it's a Friday from 4 to 10 o'clock. Proceeds to benefit Make-A-Wish, North Dakota. Folks, we'll see you there Friday, August 21st at the Bakken Barbecue. It's going to be the barbecue event of the summer. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. This week, we're taking a look at our live recording sessions we do across the Shale Play USA. And this one comes to us from Greeley, Colorado. Regulations gone wild or the new normal. That's the discussion we're having here with our live recording sessions that we've now tape delayed here and brought to you at the Crude Life Week in Review. Let's get right back into it, folks. Once again, Living the Crude Life live recording session in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Bill Jerky, the executive director of Fuel and former state legislator of 20 plus years. Dennis Pungitori, the executive vice president and chief revenue officer of Meridian Energy Group. And Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48. That's the direction I'm seeing things too, is that it, this is not even as much a wean off. It's a it's like a crash course type. It's I don't understand this uh, catastrophic uh, mindset towards fossil fuels. I, I just don't get it. And and I'm trying to be very non-political, trying to be very non-political because I, I just look at something like syringes. OK, like take syringes. Most of them are plastic, you know, and they got the metal thing, but they come in plastic sealed Okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to wash them? Are we going to reuse them? How, how are we going to f tackle syringes if we get rid of plastics and get rid of fossil fuels and these types of things? And these are just really basic questions. I understand living in the planet of platitudes, but at some point you got to live in the realm of reality. Jason, through the years, 30 years ago as a young rep, 
uh, state representative, uh, I was anti-oil and gas, basically. And uh, I opposed the industry and would introduce tough bills to try to go ahead and rein them in, to try to go ahead and get them to play fair, play right, uh, prompt payment bills, for example, uh, just different bills like that to try to get the industry to do right by the surface owner. And, of course, a couple of things happened during that era. Uh, Koga really started flexing its muscles. As I mentioned earlier, Senate Bill 177 came along, providing greater scrutiny as well. And so the industry just got better and better and better. And then with the, uh, the Jake well again, uh, the production just shot up dramatically. Once we started doing horizontals, it made a whole lot more sense for the royalty owners of, uh, of Well County. The royalty owners of Well County primarily are farmers and ranchers. They're the ones that own the vast majority of it. And nothing helps a lousy corn price or a lousy milk price or lousy commodity prices of any kind like being able to collect some decent royalties along the way to subsidize your agriculture. And that's what's been happening here in greater Weld County for a long time. Those of you who don't know it, Weld County is the number one agricultural producer in the state by far, hands down, no question about it. So when we produce almost 90% of the state's oil here, right here in the same county, tons of synergy between agriculture and oil and gas. I used to hypothesize that, that there might be a thousand sons and daughters of farmers and ranchers working in oil and gas today in this county. Any out there in the crowd today? Yep, I can see several of them, several hands popping up out there. People who who have their roots in agriculture but now work in oil and gas. And that has blended in such a way so as to create a much, much better relationship for the industry, oil and gas industry, to work with their sons and daughters who are now in, in oil and gas. So it's been much, much better. Uh, since this is crude and we're a little bit wild and crazy here, I just I just wanted to see whether or not it'd be okay if, if we brought a new person up here instead of me. Could that be possible? Absolutely. You know the audience is always open to change. Let's play musical chairs. So, um, Well, they maybe have heard enough from me. I don't know. Who do we got coming up here now? This Tanya Von Beber. Tanya Von Beber? Awesome. It's a Tanya, band, thank not you a Vaughn, for sorry. coming in. Tanya. Folks, like I said, here at the Crude Life, this is like changing the oil, going 65 miles an hour down the interstate. Boy, this is interesting. This is a first here at Becker Safety here, folks. We're playing Appreciate musical you chairs here in. at Becker. Uh, yeah, social distancing is kind of a, a loose loose thing now. Um, well, the they, thing that, the go thing ahead. you asked about, though, really quick, Jason, is I am so excited to hear from Dennis. He's a former commissioner. I've wanted to push for like 15, 20 years now a refinery in Weld County. So, yeah, yeah. I hope that that's what part of your trip Dennis, is for. You Dennis, you just got the trip made right now. You live in Colorado. So, yeah, please, we would love to see one in uh, Greater Weld, right where the oil comes from, and, and then market it right into Denver. Um, thank you. Yeah, we, sh we should talk. It, it's funny. Um, we've gotten, or I've gotten unsolicited requests from companies that are, um, well, this is before the COVID thing, but airlines that are having difficulty getting jet by pipeline and uh, are interested in a model where we have a smaller refinery near major airport hubs. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's starting to catch on. Tanya, how are you? I'm well, thanks for having me in tonight. Well, thank you, and introduce yourself please, because we have not met yet. How are you, Jason Spies is my name. 
Nice to meet Jason. Um, so uh, my name is Tanya Van Beber, and I'm the president of the Weld County Council, and I am also a candidate for House District 48 here in northern Colorado, here in Weld County. What is your interpretation of SB 181? Let's just get right into the frying pan a little <laughs> bit, huh? Uh, we the people have no more voice. Okay. Let's just go there. <laughs> So I, I would interpret it that way. I would I would say that uh, we had a voice in 112. We said what we wanted, and it was duly ignored, and 181 went. 112 was the measure that was on the ballot, for which the state voted on, and they voted uh, in favor of the oil and gas industry, I guess would probably be the, way, that is correct. the loose way to say it. Yes. Governor Jared Polis became governor. They had a bill ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yep. Put it in. It got rammed through really quick, and then SB, SB 181 became a reality, correct? Correct. And, and, you know, that's the unfortunate trend that we're seeing. This is why I say it's a template. This is why I say it's a template, very similar to the smoking ban back in the 90s and 2000s. Again, I'm not trying to get into a smoking political debate here. This is totally just about the template. That's all it is. And it's a very similar one. Um, talk to me a little bit about why you're running in relation to industry. How can you communicate to oil and gas? What do you want them to know? What do you want industry to hear from you? Well, it's interesting that, that I got a call tonight uh, to come on in. Um, I actually had the good fortune to sit down with uh, Colorado Oil and uh, the Colorado, uh, sorry, uh, COGA today, Colorado's um, Association for Gas and Oh, this oil. is like fresh news today, here. Today, yes. This is white hot. <laughs> this is so hot, it's not red or yellow or orange, it's white. Yeah, so, right, so it was nice to sit down with uh, the Colorado Oil, oil uh, and Gas Association today. And then uh, Monday night, uh, it's also fresh because Jason Maxey, which is the department head for Weld County Oil and Gas, presented to the county council. And talk about serendipitous, the opportunity to, to see both of those places both local and then of course at the state level um and i would i would piggyback on what bill had said about the farms and the harmony and the simpatico about the importance of that coming into the area i i grew up on a farm and i'm a third generation well county resident and at the end of the day um i think most farmers looked at this industry and said Mm, I'm not sure. You know, farmers are conservationists by nature. Don't harm my water. Don't harm my soil. And once they got in and realized the uh, idea that these might be the first profits we've made in a bit. We all know farming has taken that, that hard, hard road since the 1980s. It's an up and down market, much like oil and gas. And at the end of the day, uh, for the first time ever, landowners were uh, exploring their property rights, exploring their mineral rights, and receiving royalty checks. And for me, as somebody who watched this and lived this day in and day out, I watched legacies occur. Farmers often have a calling. Those are individuals who chose this life, and it is a calling for them. And the beautiful part about the harmony of it all was that it became a family legacy. It allowed uh, children of farmers for the first time ever to have the hope that that land does get to stay in their family. That land does get to stay in their community um, and, and not be sold off or not have to be sold uh, to pay you know, the taxes and they, and they go their way. So I think that's something that's very important. Um, when it comes to why I'm running on behalf of this industry, if you will, or what, is, what importance is this race to this industry? We're going to take a brief pause from our live recording sessions here played back. They're actually recorded sessions that we did live in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Once again, 
Thank you for being a gracious host, Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado. The next live recording session is coming to Dickinson, North Dakota at the West River Ice Center, August 20th. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation here with our Living the Crude Life live recording session here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Pass you by. So here's to the picture that holds us laughing, and here's to the sound of one hand clapping, and here's to not letting this moment pass. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Hey folks, this is Jason Spies with The Crude Life, inviting each and every one of you to the 8th annual Bakken Barbecue Happening. Friday, August 21st at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. Folks, this is the event of the summer, the Bakken Barbecue Happening. August 21st, it's a Friday from 4 to 10 o'clock. Proceeds to benefit Make-A-Wish, North Dakota. Folks, we'll see you there. Friday, August 21st at the Bakken Barbecue. It's going to be the barbecue event of the summer. To the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. This week, we're taking a look at our live recording sessions we do across the Shale Play USA. And this one comes to us from Greeley, Colorado. Regulations gone wild or the new normal? That's the discussion we're having here with our live recording sessions that we've now tape delayed here and brought to you at the Crude Life Week in Review. Let's get right back into it, folks. Once again, Living the Crude Life live recording session in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Bill Jerky, the Executive Director of Fuel and former state legislator of 20-plus years. Dennis Pungitori, the Executive Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer of Meridian Energy Group. And Tanya Van Buber, candidate for House District 48. That's something to pay attention to. It's, again, about education. And I am paying attention to it because I live in Fargo, okay, North Dakota is east-west, okay? Fargo, we're five, seven hours from the closest oil and gas rig. We are very blue, Austin, Boulder, blue, okay? Every story you ever read about Watford City and Williston adding, you know, a person, Fargo added eight. We have the university 70 miles up. We have the other university. This is actually true. 20 years ago, if you went 90 miles, west of Fargo, 
drew a straight line from Canada down to South Dakota. That's 60% of the population of the state, okay? The rest is Bismarck, Minot, Dickinson, Watford City, Williston, okay? So Fargo, which has no oil and gas experience at all, zero, controls the state. And now, because the population in Fargo has grown so much, you only got to drive 20 miles from Fargo, draw that line, because we have Grand Forks, Fargo, and Wapaton. Those are the three cities that are just kind of co, you know, just co-mingling. On the flip side of that, the oil and gas, get this, the oil and gas extraction and production tax is like 11.5%, I believe, in North Dakota. It's the highest in the nation, one of the highest in the nation. That equates to 55% of the state's budget in North Dakota. Okay. Oil and gas in Colorado is taxed at 87.5%. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's remarkable the amount of taxes that are going in. And I, I'm looking at the clock, and I, and I know we're kind of going a little bit long here a little bit. But, uh, Bill, I, I wanted to talk to you about your former days as a legislature. You said you were against oil and gas, or you, you know, had a negative opinion of it when, when you first got in. And... Um, I want to talk to you about the revenues that oil and gas create for the schools, for the parks, for, you know, the, the arts. The, I, Tulsa, for example, is a very artsy community a lot because of the oil and gas district and things like that. Um, talk to me a little bit about that and what you believe this resistance against oil and gas is going to have. I don't know if you want to even call it through the supply chain because... Yeah, the small businesses are going to get impacted, but boy, these state governments are going to get hit too. I'm really afraid to open my property tax next year. It, it's it's dramatic. It's potentially kind of exponential money. A few of us that happen to go back to uh, early 80s uh, will remember the last time that oil and gas pulled out of Colorado, and it was with the oil shale failure on the western slope. Uh, the The price wasn't going to meet the... Uh, uh, the technology, and so the companies decide to pull out of the Western Slope. Well, the side effect on that was that most of the oil and gas exploration companies, operators, had taken up office space in downtown Denver, what we call 17th Street. 17th Street became a ghost town back then, and Denver was in free fall. Uh, the economy was in free fall. Agriculture was having a very difficult time horrible prices. So yeah, Colorado in particular really, really faced tough times. And a lot of that had to do with pulling out the specter, the uh, the potential opportunity of oil and gas blowing up big. It hadn't yet. It has now. It has been this way for decades. We've had excellent exploration here on the Front Range, uh, mostly out of Well County here. So it's proven. There's literally two, maybe $300 billion dollars of of oil and gas under Well County that has not been pulled out of the earth yet. Two to three hundred billion dollars with a B. So I mentioned earlier that uh, Well County schools alone pulled down two hundred million dollars in one year just on property taxes. Property taxes are the original severance tax in Colorado. It's considered a property. Uh, they're taxed for it. Tanya mentioned 87.5%. To be clear, that's the amount that is assessed on the total sale. So if you sold $100,000 worth of oil on a given well in a given year, 87,500 of it would be subject to taxation. They wouldn't pay that much tax, 
then the mill levy would be applied to that. In comparison, if you're a homeowner in Colorado, you'll pay at the 7% rate, instead 87.5%. So oil and gas pays 12.5 times more or less what a residential property owner pays. If you're a commercial property owner like, let's say, Becker Supply, just, you know, for the heck of it, why not Becker Supply? You'd pay 29% on a structure like this, on this real estate, as well as the improvements inside. So they would pay over four times as much as the residential property owner, and they would, and they would pay only one-third as much, uh, the commercial would, as oil and gas still. So oil and gas pays an enormous amount. Uh, it's believed that if you bled $200 million away from the schools of Weld County in a given year because of the failure of oil and gas to keep producing at that level, then the state would have to backfill that $200 million, thereby creating a big deficit for the rest of K-12 through education. And all of K-12 education in Colorado would suffer just because of that one thing of oil and gas being largely gone outside of Well County. So it goes on and on and on and on. It's incredibly destructive to talk about pulling this major tax resource. And that isn't even the half of it. Really, the royalty owners are the ones I care about more because I'm one of them. Yeah, without, you know, without self-interest, there'd be no interest at all. So I care more about, about make me making sure I get my royalties, right? We'll talk about a taking no suit. No filter here, against, right? Honest no talk, fil- baby. I'm, I love I'm it. honest, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it got me in trouble a lot of the time, too, believe me. So It's funny how that works. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we need to have those royalty incomes, again, for the farmers and ranchers and other people that have invested in those properties through the years so that they have an asset like that. So it, it's multifaceted. Mm-hmm. It goes across the board in so many different ways. It, it's very complex, and it beca- it can become very confusing and boring for the average person. And I think that's by design in a lot in a lot of cases. I really do. Um, I just I wanted to wrap up here, and, and I appreciate everybody coming out and filling in at the last moment. As uh, C- County Commissioner Mike Freeman and Kevin Ross were unable to make it because they're still in their land meetings as we speak. There's some. More kerfuffle and brouhaha happening here in the state of Colorado. Uh, Dennis Pungitori, thank you for coming down to be a part of this with Meridian Energy Group to talk about uh, the tweaking of business plans, staying nimble, staying quick. Because really right now, the businesses that can be nimble and quick are the ones that are going to survive through this. And when I look at the oil and gas industry, and, and this is what I want each one of you to comment on is, as we kind of wrap up here, and if any of the audience has questions, you can certainly uh, chime in as well, too, or comments. But we've talked about this on The Crude Life for, let me make sure I'm recording here. Okay, I am. Um, we've talked, I've been turning my mic on and off. So uh, about how right now, every single industry is in a state of uncertainty. Every restaurant has no idea if they're going to open up again. You go and in, to the auto dealer, he has no idea because, sure, his employees are might be getting paychecks, but he's not selling cars. You know, the Shields opened up, whatever. I, I have no idea how Shields is doing locally here. I know they have a new Shields, though. It's just huge and fantastic and, and absolutely wonderful, but I also know that in order to make certain numbers work, you got to have a certain amount of bodies through the door, and they got to spend about a certain amount of dollars. So when I take a look at the, the impact that's happening here, 
The oil and gas industry has another opportunity, and that opportunity is to be leaders. We're going to take a brief pause from our live recording sessions here played back. They're actually recorded sessions that we did live in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Once again, thank you for being a gracious host, Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado. The next live recording session is coming to Dickinson, North Dakota at the West River Ice Center, August 20th. We're going to take a brief pause. and we come back, we'll continue the conversation here with our Living the Crude Life live recording session here at the Crude Life Week in Review. If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Hey folks, this is Jason Spies with The Crude Life, inviting each and every one of you to the 8th Annual Bakken Barbecue happening Friday, August 21st at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. Folks, this is the event of the summer, the Bakken Barbecue happening August 21st. It's a Friday from 4 to 10 o'clock. Proceeds to benefit Make-A-Wish, North Dakota. Folks, we'll see you there Friday, August 21st at the Bakken Barbecue. It's going to be the barbecue event of the summer. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. This week, we're taking a look at our live recording sessions we do across a Shale Play USA. And this one comes to us from Greeley, Colorado. Regulations gone wild or the new normal? That's the discussion we're having here with our live recording sessions that we've now tape delayed here and brought to you at the Crude Life Week in Review. Let's get right back into it, folks. Once again, living the Crude Life live recording session in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Bill Jerky, the executive director of Fuel and former state legislator of 20-plus years, Dennis Pungitori, the Executive Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer of Meridian Energy Group, and Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48. So I mentioned earlier that uh, Well County Schools alone pulled down $200 million in one year just on property taxes. Property taxes are the original severance tax in Colorado. It's considered a property. Uh, they're taxed for it. Tanya mentioned 87.5%. To be clear, that's the amount that is assessed on the total sale. So if you sold $100,000 worth of oil on a given well in a given year, 87,500 of it would be subject to taxation. It wouldn't pay that much tax. Then the mill levy would be applied to that. 
in comparison, if you're a homeowner in Colorado, you'll pay at the 7% rate, instead 87.5%. So oil and gas pays 12.5 times more or less what a residential property owner pays. If you're a commercial property owner like, let's say, Becker Supply, just, you know, for the heck of it, why not Becker Supply? You'd pay 29% on a structure like this, on this real estate, as well as the improvements inside. So they would pay over four times as much as the residential property owner, and they would and they would pay only one-third as much, uh, the commercial would, as oil and gas still. So oil and gas pays an enormous amount. Uh, it's believed that if you bled $200 million away from the schools of Weld County in a given year because of the failure of oil and gas to keep producing at that level, then the state would have to backfill that $200 million, thereby creating a big deficit for the rest of K-12 through education. And all of K-12 education in Colorado would suffer just because of that one thing of oil and gas being largely gone outside of Well County. So it goes on and on and on and on. It's incredibly destructive to talk about pulling this major tax resource. And that isn't even the half of it. Really, the royalty owners are the ones I care about more because I'm one of them. Yeah, without, you know, without self-interest, there'd be no interest at all. So I care more about, about make me making sure I get my royalties, right? We'll talk about a taking we'll suit here, against, right? no, Phil, I'm, I'm honest, yeah. Yeah, it got me in trouble a lot of the time, too, believe me. So, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, we, we need to have those royalty incomes, again, for the farmers and ranchers and other people that have invested in those properties through the years so that they have an asset like that. So it, it's multifaceted, mm-hmm. goes across the board in so many different ways. It, it's very complex, and it, beca- it can become very confusing and boring for the average person, and I think that's by design in a, lo- in a lot of cases. I really do. Um, I just I wanted to wrap up here, and, and I appreciate everybody coming out and filling in at the last moment as uh, C- County Commissioner Mike Freeman and Kevin Ross were unable to make it because they're still in their land meetings as we speak. There's some more kerfuffle and brouhaha happening here in the state of Colorado. Uh, Dennis Pungitori, thank you for coming down to be a part of this with Meridian Energy Group to talk about uh, the tweaking of business plans, staying nimble, staying quick, because really right now the businesses that can be nimble and quick are the ones that are going to survive through this. Okay, a few things you can do. We uh, happen to have at our location here this evening a couple of petitions you can sign. Uh, Tanya kind of mentioned one inadvertently earlier. So let's say a, a, a state or a city wants to uh, deny natural gas as a choice for you in the future. We have a petition here that if we get the signatures and if it passes in Colorado, it would not allow that to happen. It would prohibit government from actually being able to go ahead and uh, make it illegal to use natural gas. Pretty neat stuff. The other one is even better maybe. In the initiative process in Colorado, it's pretty easy to get on. Well, now we if this passes, if this new other one passes, we would cause anybody that comes forth with such a position to have to do an environmental impact statement. So what that means is if you come in with a 112 saying that you're going to go ahead and cause a 2,500-foot setback, you have to go ahead and actually show the math on the billions and billions and billions of dollars. It would cost royalty owners, workers, uh, governments, you name it. And they have to, and they would have scrutiny from legislative council 
who is a fair trader in my opinion, and that would be, those are steps in the right direction. Well, I mean, one of the one of the things that we we believe believe we have going for us is a, a robust business model that the downturns, uh, crude may drop, uh, but so and the refined products price drops, but the the companies that are going to be positioned to to survive that are the ones that have the lowest conversion cost to get from the crude to the refined product, and that's not a 100-year-old refinery. That's not a you know a behemoth sitting somewhere. It's a smaller, nimble, nimble modern design refinery. Um, I'm not a native. I, I take it most people here are natives of Colorado. I chose to come to Colorado. Um, I'm not sure I'd like to take a trip to Uray in the wintertime in an electric car. I'm, I'm quite certain that that might put myself and my family at risk. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with EVs. They're a, they're a wonderful technology, but it makes more sense in San Francisco, New York, uh, than the, the plains of Colorado or the mountains of Colorado. So let's, let's give it a year with zero oil and gas and see, see what the population thinks of that. I, I'm guessing they'll vote the other way. So that's it for me. And that's all the time we have this week for the Crude Life Week in Review. Thank you folks for joining us here this week. The entire Live in the Crude Life live recording session is available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Please check out our social media pages as well from YouTube to Facebook to the Twitters. We have them all available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media page. And please support your local radio station as well, especially during these times. They can be one of the most valuable resources in a local community, especially when you need your hands free. I'll tell you what, this podcast revolution, it's just radio shows disguised in a different word. That's all. So please support your local radio station. Reach out to them, find out what's going on. Not only can they tell you where the best deals in town are, but they can probably tell you how to access some public information as well. So from the staff here at the Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today.
Amen. Amen.